0: this is father aaron williams with another podcast if you like listening to these podcasts please subscribe and leave a good rating on itunes also, share them with your friends and check out the other great podcasts available through the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations. Just visit JacksonPriest.com. That's JacksonPriest with an S.com. <laughs> Here is my homily from the 12th Sunday after Pentecost in the extraordinary form, given on the 1st of September 2019 at St. Jude Catholic Church in Pearl, Mississippi. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The parable that we are given in today's Gospel is perhaps, apart from the resurrection itself, the most well known story contained in the New Testament. Even non-Christians will make use of the phrase to be a good Samaritan from time to time. And nearly every person you ask can give you the normal derived moral of the story, that the Samaritan, that is, the unlikely person, the outcast, ended up being the better person because he cared for the unfortunate man in need. And while this read is certainly not contrary to the text and certainly not contrary to the Christian religion, the difficulty that arises from such a well-known text is that we become locked in a single interpretation of it. In fact, our worst difficulty with this passage is precisely the fact that it is mired by Christians and non-Christians alike. It is admired for its essentially non-Christian elements. There are not many people who would reject the notion that serving the unfortunate is a thing to be promoted. But this is not merely a moral parable. The story has its greatest meaning, precisely from its exclusively Christian meaning. Who for example calls the Samaritan good? Not our Lord, not the Lawgiver, not St. Luke the Evangelist. We call him good, because of our common read on this parable. But there is such a deeper meaning to be found here than a good Samaritan. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. What is Jerusalem? The city of God, the holy city, the image of heaven on earth. It is the city, the state of holiness. And Jericho, the opposite, the city of sin, the center of paganism, a city once destroyed entirely by obedience to the command of God. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. The first image Christ gives us in his parable is a man who falls into sin. He departs the safety of the carefully guarded walls of Jerusalem, high in the mountains and safe from enemies, and he departs towards the pagan lands once again. He is reversing the exodus and returning to sin. And so along the way he fell among robbers, who also stripped him, and having wounded him, went away, leaving him half dead. And this, of course, is what happens when we go astray from the Lord. We fall into the hand of the worst of liars and criminals, our enemy, Satan. He and his minions beat us down and bring us nearly to total ruin. We become totally unable to rescue ourselves. The man who leaves Jerusalem is after no time half dead. He is in dire need, or he will be lost. Enter the priest and the Levite. Both approach the man and are aware of his mistake. They know he has fallen into trouble because he left the safety of Jerusalem. In some way, they could be pardoned for their unwillingness to help him. Helping him could expose them to the same risk, or he could be a liar himself and be faking his condition, waiting for a certain priest or Levite to risk themselves for him so he can make his attack. Perhaps they recognized contact with him would make them impure, and thus unable to celebrate in the temple. They were priests and Levites, after all, not merely laymen. They had a duty, a vocation to the temple. Perhaps they avoided him just as I, being a priest, would avoid a fortune teller or a prostitute in the street. And so their moves could be pardoned here. We are quick to judge them because we have a predetermined notion of the meaning of the parable. But for now, put that response aside and recognize that we have a man here lying in a state of trouble because of his own mistake. St. Luke is silent as to which direction the priest and Levite are traveling. Are they approaching Jerusalem? Perhaps they were bettering themselves and must leave the troubles of Jericho behind them. Or are they on the same dark path? Do they avoid him in hopes to not befall the same fate, or perhaps in shame, knowing that they're guilty of the same crime as him? Then comes the Samaritan. He comes forward, cleans the wounds of the man in danger, and sets him on his own beast of burden, meaning that the Samaritan himself was forced to walk the rest of the journey on foot. Notice that St. Luke doesn't tell us that the Samaritan completes the man's journey to Jericho. He is brought to an inn was probably nearby, or at least the closest inn that could be found. And there the Samaritan leaves him, entrusting the man to the care of an innkeeper. Maybe this could be the parable of the good innkeeper. After all, it was probably the innkeeper who cared for him the longest. But the parable ends on a cliffhanger. The Samaritan leaves the innkeeper with money to care for the destitute man, leaving also the promise of his return. Christ ends on this point, not with the Samaritan's return, but with his promise. And so here comes the moral. Our Lord says, Which of these three, in thine opinion, was neighbor to him that fell among robbers? Now Notice that Christ doesn't say, Don't you see how the Samaritan cared for this neighbor of his, the poor man? Now that's our common read, but our Lord's point is actually the opposite. Who was more of the neighbor, he asked? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? It's the parable of the good neighbor, really. The lawgiver knew the law. He was the one who proposed the term a neighbor from the beginning. When he is asked what is the greatest commandment, he takes the commandment of Moses and adds to Moses' words a line from another place in the Torah. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, with thy whole soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and, he adds, thy neighbor as thyself. The parable is about the love of God. A certain man begins entirely present to the love of God. He is safe in God's kingdom and protection. But then he departs, by his own desire, and travels off towards the worldly and the secular. He goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho, a city that is really to the east. And there he falls among robbers, the enemies of God, the father of lies. Here is the state of humanity, fallen from the blissful safety of God's house, and now on the road between heaven and hell, Jerusalem and Jericho, Beaten and left half-dead through mortal sin. On our own, one of our own, our neighbor even, Christ the Lord, approaches us on the road. God leaves the safety of his own paradise to find us on the road, where we are, as we are, in the pitiful state that we are. And he pours out upon us wine and oil, the sacraments, the Holy Eucharist, baptism, confirmation. And from there he takes us to and in the church, and leaves us with the innkeeper, that is, the ministers of the church. And he gives the innkeeper the means to bring us back to good health, confession, and the sacrament of the sick. And he gives us the promise of return, hoping that when he does, he will once again find us in good health, so that he can bring us back with him to Jerusalem, to the holy city, to the paradise of God. The commandment at the end of the parable, go and do likewise, is the summary of the entire Christian religion, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do this in memory of me. God in his infinite love for each of us made himself one of us, made himself into our neighbor so that he could find us in our own fallen state on the road. And so for the Christian, the parable in today's gospel is far must, far less about the Samaritan than it is about the lawgiver. Christ finds the lawgiver on the road in today's gospel. The message for us is therefore twofold. The first is that we are the lawgivers in the story, or better yet, we are the man found half-dead. But the moral lesson, if there is one, is less about the service to the poor and to those in need as it is to the general sort of love that Christians are obliged to show toward all people. Now, it isn't that I'm saying that we shouldn't care for those in need, but we should not care for them because they are in need, but because we are their neighbor, because love is due to them as creatures made in the image of God. That is what is required by Christ. The lawgiver answers Christ rightly. The greatest commandment is to love God and to love our neighbor. And so our Lord tells him that if he does this, he will live. But we are able to love in this manner only because Christ has himself loved us in this manner. Only because Christ has found each of us beaten and bleeding and inches from death, covered in sin and all by our own fault. And yet he did not pass away.